Welcome to this week's episode of the Life of the Bridal podcast. Please remember that we are not professional tipsters and always, always gamble responsibly. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Life on the Bridal podcast. I'm your host, William Taylor, and joining me is just the one of our regular guests. It's Mr. Jack Holden. Hello to you. Hello, good evening. How are you? I'm very, very well. Yes, you'll note, well, obviously you'll note that uh, we're missing one of our regular guests, Josh. He's away on holiday, enjoying the sun, well, getting away from, well, I don't know if he will. <laughs> Copenhagen. <laughs> <laughs> he is, isn't he? But, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, there's probably not a lot of sun there, but I hope, we hope he's having a good time. Um, so this week we're going to be talking about the Aintree Festival, of course, the Grand National. We're going to be going into a bit of a preview there. We'll be talking about what happened over in Fairy House with the Irish Grand National. Uh, we'll be talking about the Dandy Naps competition, in which we have some big positive news about. And then we'll also be offering some other chit-chat about around the world of sport, particularly reviewing the Masters and go looking ahead to what else is happening. Just to give you a bit few tidbits of information. Let's get on with it. Jack, how are you? Good, thank you very much. I really enjoyed, um, for the majority, the racing racing at the weekend at the Ferry House. Um, I think it's. I think we should probably start by just highlighting the, the fact that Mighty Potter, you know, unfortunately passed away. At Fairy House at the weekend, which is um, just horrific for the sport. Um, not often you have you, the really talented horses go down like that, and when it does happen, it just um, really, <clears throat> yeah, really puts a dampener on the day. I don't think anyone can, regardless of whether you had a massive winner at Fairy House at the weekend, no one can come away from that meeting saying. They had a good time. It was uh, really sad to see. But we go on, uh, we move on, and we'll um, hopefully give you a bit of insight into Aintree this weekend. Um, some other bits and pieces. We are now unlimited. We have no one stopping us <laughs> from discussing the real sporting <laughs> issues. Yeah, um, yeah. The... <laughs> so you might even go stateside. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I will just touch... Um, very sad about uh, Mighty Potter's um, track. And the, gun, and the Gunner Yates as well. Yeah, um, it's awful. Um, it's very sad. And I think actually it's quite a pertinent point. I think we just get this out of the way now. We talk about things like this and how sad they are. There's obviously a lot of talk about potential protests ahead of the Grand National yeah. from particular groups you've seen all over social media, particular uh, protest groups. I, um, it was on Good Morning Britain. And although there was defence of racing, wasn't actually from the racing community per se. And I, I don't think we'd necessarily got a, a fair shout there. Um, I'd just like to say that incidents like this are incredibly sad. Very, uh, no one wants to see it. And the ho- horses, thoroughbreds are, are treated just so brilliantly well. Treated better than a lot of people in the world are. I'll, I'll agree with that. The amount of money that racehorse owners spend on their horses compared to, say, the amount your parents probably spend on raising you is probably is far in excess. The amount of money which goes and love, which goes into raising and training a racehorse to give them, you know, the, the best 
experience is is mind blowing. You 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 can't comprehend the amount of money which is involved in looking after these horses. Um, depends how far down the rabbit hole we want to get with this. Um, I, obviously, <laughs> unfiltered, unfiltered. Um, obviously, there are animal rights groups who are planning to severely impede the Grand National at the weekend. There are they apparently they have plans in place. I don't know when those what these plans are. I mean, I assume these plans involve spending forty five quid to get in and whatever. So, but um, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, we, we will see. But I I have faith in the racing community that we will put on a really strong display at the weekend and just mm. show you. Because I, I I think this this message gets lost. A bit, you only see the negatives really in the media. Um, it's such a impressive sport, the horse racing, and it gets a lot of criticism in the press. And we have you have big festivals like Cheltenham and Punchestown and Aintree, which do so much for racing the local community. The amount of money it brings in generates. In local communities, and the amount of jobs it provides is mm. is incredible. And you know, I, I think the great John McCrick, the late great John McCrick, yeah, was, was went along the lines of this: that people who want to ban horse racing, if you ban horse racing, you kill off the thoroughbred racehorse. They have yeah. they, they they serve no the thoroughbred racehorse serves no purpose other than to race. Yeah, not all of them. Eventing horses are different. You will have so, you have some horses who can go into eventing from being a thoroughbred, but if you get rid of racing, you kill off the thoroughbred racehorse. So, if these people want their way, you will just have thousands of horses just useless, have serve absolutely no purpose whatsoever. There'll be yeah. no purpose, in, and you'll be happy for them to die off. So. No, and it's, and it, it 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 never gets picked up on. You know, you only ever hear the people when it's like the Grand Nationals are a key example because it is a, a race in which historically there've been a lot of fallers and the injuries mm. and horses have to be put down. And it's and it's and it's obviously the biggest race in the calendar for for punters. And so you, it's it all, there's always a light that shines upon it. And you only ever see the negative stories. You never really see the positive spin about how how much care there is and love for these horses. Yeah. And actually, because no, no one wants to focus on that. No, exactly. You know, the so, most dangerous. I think the most dangerous time for a thoroughbred horse is after it retires. Mm. You know, so that's when that's when they're going to be older. But they don't have that same level of day to day care and affection. Not and, obviously they still yeah. do, but not to the same degree. It's we. I think it's important that. Racing, I think the BHA were very slow to get out. They 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 did send something on Twitter, but I mean, by that point, the the, the message had got out there. They'd lost control of the story. It's just again, they're so slow to act in defence of the sport and willing to give ground. And you've got to be firm. Yeah. But you know, anyway. So that that's that. I think we get that out of the way uh, early. Um, quite passionate there. I will just say, with every. Obviously, with every Mighty Potter, with how desperately sad that is, it was also incredibly 
pleasing to see Monkfish back at Fairy House. After oh, fantastic! Time out. And what a what a performance to come back off of. I think it was seven hundred nineteen days away oh. from this course, almost almost two years, and to put in a albeit lost to a steering for long. She was who was a game winner. Yeah, um, yeah, went well. Really, um, really impressive performance. I thought for the majority of the running, Monkfish was going to get there and mm. and win, but. It was a win seeing him back out on the race course, really, because he is a superb horse on his day. Yeah. And two time Cheltenham Festival winner. And I can't wait for him to get back over the fences um mm. next year and we will we will see where he goes. Um it's probably a bit too early to start call making those predictions, but um he's back racing and that's all that matters. Yeah, that's no, absolutely absolutely brilliant. Uh just finish up on Fairy House we had the Irish Grand National. I am Maximus, the winner. Paul Townend, what a brilliant ride! Yes, I mean, I, I said the whole, I, well, I said the whole festival about um, so Scottish and oh, I can't remember the other horse that JP bought, um, but I kept going, oh, JP's bought them for a reason. And he, Is it Corbett's and, Cross, Corbett's, Corbett's Cross. Cross, that's the one. And I, I, and then he bought I am Maximus straight after the Cheltenham Festival. I didn't say a word. And he goes and wins yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. It's a massive pop uh, for the Irish Grand National um, under what was a supreme ride by Paul Townend. Uh, it just smuggled into the smuggled into the race so well. There's some of the best rides are when you don't you don't even hear the horse mentioned until the last till yeah. the last jump. Yeah. They just go yeah. under the radar. They've been no they're in no trouble whatsoever. Um, I think the race sort of fell apart. Really, not many horses finished. Royal Pagai no, fell. Yeah. No. Only six um, finished, yeah. Only six finished. Uh, Rob, the guy, uh, unseated, uh, or might have fallen actually, um, halfway round. Who was a big. Um, there was a lot of money for him in the morning. There um, was, yeah. And the horses like Angels Dawn and Stumptown was running along really early on. Stayed on really well, to be fair. Um, but I just wonder if we've Stumptown had his chance at Cheltenham in the Kimmyer. Um, I, I I feel like he may have done, yeah. Yeah, and that that was the chance. And if if Kimbia was ten yards longer, he would have won. But it isn't. Yeah. And Angels Dawn was a was a gallant winner of that race. Um, mm. Angels Dawn really didn't really didn't show much this time round either. Um, just found found very little for pressure. Um, did finish, but uh, it did, it did yeah. Didn't, Which didn't is really all, credit, all credit. All credit. I imagine you were quite relieved that uh, Espinito uh, didn't win, <laughs> but uh, Barry Connell returned home safely. That's all that matters. Yeah, that is true. It's true. Uh, right. Okay, we'll head over now to Aintree, the Aintree Festival, Grand National Festival. Some say the uh, the best of all the spring festivals. Uh, um, uh, before we'll go through, we'll go through the races that stand out to us if, if we have any particular. Fancies. There are some that are, you know, let's be honest. With let's be honest, listeners are pretty. Old. We we pretty much know what's going to happen. Touch wood. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <but laughs> touch wood. Um, so I will just say, is there anything? Uh, where does Aintree rank for you in terms of the spring festivals? Mm, tough one. I think because you, you, you have it on a. On the Saturday as well, you have the big event on the Saturday as well. I think that I think that makes a difference. I think you, 
and that when it comes to television figures, that that massively skews um, skews to television figures because I'll be interested to see the TV viewership for Cheltenham, um, especially compared to Aintree. I mean, Aintree will you know will will romp that. Um, personally, oh, Cheltenham's a funny one. I always find I do better at Cheltenham and enjoy it more when I'm not there and I'm watching it on TV. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because you, you start to think there are so many more factors which get involved um, when you're there, when you're on the course. Um, you start to look at things you probably wouldn't usually look at. Yeah. Um, and, and, it's, and it's interesting. If you just have... Sometimes when you're, when you're punting, it's almost better to take away the odds completely. Read the facts yeah. and figures and the form. Make your own opinion off the facts and figures. Don't let the numbers dissuade you in any way. Um, but Cheltenham, I haven't, I haven't been to the Aintree Festival yet. Uh, mm. There were rumours we would be going last year, but that did never yeah, they were. <laughs> um, As a spectacle, and being there, Cheltenham is hard to beat. Um, but if I went to Aintree, I wouldn't go on Grand National Day. I think that would be um, quite a long day. And the quality yeah. race, the quality racing is on the Thursday and Friday. We as as yeah. as, as much respect as the Grand National is, it is not a. Um, What's well, a Grade Three? It's a Grade Three, Grade Three handicap chase. So yeah, that's the biggest race in the British calendar. Um, yeah. So make your mind yeah. that I think it's a it's a real uh, real tough one. I also like the Punchestown Festival. I I do enjoy Punchestown. Um, five days of it. It's fantastic. Yeah, they're they're positive. They're positive to each. So, mm, no, I agree. Uh, I do like Punchers Town. I do like Aintree. Thursday for me is probably the best day. Friday's got enough. Saturday is a bit of a letdown. You have got the Grand National, of course, is a great event. Liverpool mm-hmm. hurdle, which is essentially the stairs hurdle, but called the Liverpool hurdle. And um, looks like we're going to be getting a pretty much a repeat of the stairs hurdle. Yeah, which will be interesting to see because. Plus Marie's Rock. Yeah, indeed. Because, I mean, last year, so many Cheltenham winners failed at Aintree. Um, oh, yeah. And so it'll be interesting to see how it goes this year, of course, with the stairs hurdle being repeat. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, Flory Porter got done by side of Burley last year. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But uh, Aintree's good. I just wonder whether you've got a festival like this where there's a lot of quality. And yet we've, we've had Cheltenham. I just, I just, I just, I don't know. I'm getting the sense that Cheltenham is just, it's becoming too much of the centrepiece of the calendar. I agree. Yeah. I think a lot of, lots of horses focus there. A lot of owners and trainers rather focus their attention just on getting a horse to Cheltenham. Mm. And it's left with, you have other, you know, big prize pots, which are left for, shall we say horses, which probably don't warrant winning that prize pot. Yeah, and then yeah. subsequently, you, those prize pots are just going to decrease and decrease because you don't have the quality of racing um, during those races. So that's one way to look at it. I mean, for example, we've got the, the Mars chase on the Friday. A yeah. grade one, play, you know, plenty of prize money available. And I just think it's rubbish. You know, we've got Pete Dorhey is the favourite. 
Fakir Dudery. I mean, fugitives in there. I mean, I know if Josh were here, he'd be waxing lyrical about how great fugitive is and he's going to win. As as far as great, it's it's a seven runner grade one. I don't. I think you'll find it hard to find an, a worse quality race. Yeah, and it's a and grade one. And it's it's it, it it could be a great race. Two mile four. It's a funny one because you have Aintree falls in between Cheltenham and Punchestown. Yeah, of course. A lot of the Irish horses are naturally going to go to Punchestown, sure. So, and if you didn't have Aintree, you'd have a lot more British horses going to Punchestown. Yeah. So, but you can't. But the reason why you can't move it is because of the Grand National. Of course, of course. You can't, you can't, you can't just have the Grand National as a, you know, a Saturday card at Aintree and that being the only. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but I was just saying, is that the danger of just the sport becoming so obsessed with Cheltenham that you have all, a lot of owners and the traders put all their eggs in the Cheltenham basket? You then have a festival like this year where the the weather goes goes massively against a lot of horses. You get terrible, well, not terrible ground. It wasn't bot, it wasn't quite bottomless. The D word wasn't mentioned that much. But, uh, but, so, but horses, let's say Bambridge, for example, pulled out, which I think will be running here um, in the Manifesto Novices Chase, the first race of the first, which we'll look at in a sec. But, but, the, but then it means you get a load of races. Oh, oh, look, I don't know. It's, it's a difficult question. We're not going to solve them. We're not going to solve these problems. I don't think there's no, an answer. I honestly, I don't think there's an answer. No, it's best just left. It's best just to leave it and just enjoy what we've got. So let's just let's just crack on then. We'll have a look at some of these races at Hitler and Aintree. We'll start on with the Thursday, the first race of the festival, the Manifesto Novices Chase. We have the two two leads in the market. We have Banbridge as the favourite, thirteen to eight, and then Stage Star, which of course won the Turners. Um, what are what do you what are you thinking well, here? You have to. I think you have Banbridge is currently favourite. I think you have to side with Stage Star, given he's had the run, he's beaten some terrific horses, uh, namely Jerry Talon. So, um, no, not Jerry Talon, was it? Uh, it was uh, Mighty Potter, wasn't it? Yes, it was Mighty Potter. Um, yeah. So, Given how good of a horse Mighty Potter was, I think you have to side with um, Sage Star, given Banbridge didn't have a run. And Sage Star jumped superbly. I don't know whether he's favoured by the track. Um, but we, we will, yeah, I don't know. I think it's a really close one. I think that obviously the top two in the market are the. I don't, I don't think you should be steering away from those two. I didn't see much Samoir doing much and Visionary and Shaw Fan Jack are just there to collect a bit of prize money, I think. I'd be, <laughs> given purely what happened at Cheltenham, I can't understand why Stage Star is second favourite. I, would... I, I think I think a lot of it might be because of the fact we just said that last year so many Cheltenham winners did badly at Aintree. Mm. So that's, um, and but I mean, you Bambridge was poor at Aintree last year, didn't and you're going. I think 
I don't think conditions will be a problem for stage though. I think they're going to be relatively similar to what we had at Cheltenham. I think probably a little bit better. I think we look at probably more good. Uh, what was it? Soft, really. Mm. I think we look at good to soft. Which, could, which, we'll see, which we'll see at Banbridge. But yeah, Banbridge, uh, it's, it's but not Banbridge not fun. last year. So yeah, but I mean that was a he was going over three three miles and this is two mile four. Probably better trip. Uh, the ground will be slightly better, but I don't know. It's a difficult one. They're both quite short. I'm. I think I might wait and see on the day. Banbridge drifts a little bit. I'll, well, I think it's tomorrow. We're recording this on Wednesday night. Um, I'll probably get involved in Banbridge. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. We then have a juvenile hurdle. I mean, is this really get? I mean, do you have? Do you have? Are you that? This is not a race that particularly gets me excited. I always thought that the Boodles at Cheltenham is always a race that I quite liked. Watch it this year. Well, I oh, I think uh, that. Zenta. Hmm. Still not. Well, stacked up well against Lossy Mouth and Gallimard, so only finished two and a half lengths behind Lossy Mouth. I, but at five to four, I was really keen on Bo Zenith and Nazret um, mm, yeah. for, the, for the Boodles. At Cheltenham, and I'm really disappointed neither of them ran. I think they've shown really good bits of form. I mean, both of you know, ran the day before Cheltenham and won by 15, 16 lengths. I think yeah, it was, right. which was just ridiculous. That's um, Stratford of all places. Yeah, I know, just ridiculous. Um, why not? Unless, but this may have been the target all along, and. I'm very happy to take on Zenta, a horse which didn't win at Cheltenham. Must remember, did not win. Yeah, um, no. Bo Zenith and Nizret both coming in on the back to victories. Um, I think you can rule out rule out scriptwriter, Grey Val. I mean, it goes on. I think there's just some really, really average horses in here. Bo Zenith and Nizret for me. Take your pick. Yeah, I would be inclined to agree with you there. We're, we've got Probably the most, one of the most, what would have been at least the most exciting race of the day, definitely. We just had, it's the, it's the bowl, but we've obviously had news that Brave Man's game is a non-runner. Paul Nichols not seeming, not too pleased about that. Uh, mm. yeah, it's a, I think it's a tricky situation. I don't think we've got time to really no, go into that. But just so, just so listeners, you, you're aware, it's not nothing to do with Brave Man's game's health. Whatsoever, there's nothing's gone wrong in fine health. Um, just something to do with the owners and financial, yeah, stuff. Anyway, though, we have Shishkin as your as the two to one favorite, Hoist and your price 11 to 4, Aplutard 11 to 4, Conflated at 6 to 1, and then Gar Law, then as the outsider at 30 to 1. Gar Law, decent horse, but I think probably. Stacked up against company that are a tad better yeah. in quality here. Um, oh, at thirty to one, Gala is not a bad horse. I mean, I'm I'm looking at thirty to one here. I oh, look, we're not tipping services at all, but it could be a bit of value. I look at the rest of the card. I think it's really been um, bruised with the. Um, 
remove a brave man's game. Shishkin, two to one, Fabe. You said a voice in your Brian Hughes now on board instead of Derek Fox, who is uh, injured. And that's going to be of significant concern for Korak Rambler, the yeah. uh, current fa- one of the favourites for the Grand National on Saturday. I mean, he's still supposed to be on, but. Yes, I, mean, I think he's not taking it. That's how much difference a two day is going to make. Um, you've got who's an Tar who uh, Rachel Blackmore's on board coming over for it. We will see, I think, conflated at six to one here might be a little bit of value. I think everything else is just too short. Conflated came third in a, in a terrific renewal of the Gold Cup, yeah, yeah, a superb renewal of the Gold Cup. Um, Hoist and York was actually going. I mean, Josh will love to hear this, but always knew I was going really well in the yep. Gold Cup until he fell. Um, Shishkin, Shishkin, I, I remain convinced he's a better horse than Envoy Allen. He should have won that. There, right now. Yeah, now it's just now it's just us two, and I'm sure Josh will listen to this and we'll, uh, and we'll <laughs> exasperate, but um. Shishkin should have won that race. Oh, absolutely! He's 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 by far the best. Was the best horse in that race? Just a shocking blunder, um, and that was it. Really, he was just playing catch up. But he's over. You know, he's finally getting to three miles, close to Gold Cup distance. Is is this going to be it? Is he? A, we 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 just don't know. I mean, Matt Chapman is still convinced he's a two miler. Um, <laughs> so we'll we'll see. I think the values have conflated. Third third place in a terrific Gold Cup. Yeah. Um, I just the price is a big factor here. I think on their day, every horse in this field could win the race. I well, I'm not sure if Garlaw could, but I think certainly the top four in the market. I I, I see a world where Garlaw places. In this, I see, I see the front four, because oh, Garlow will say, yeah, yeah, you know, but that's because that's because the that's because I think the race will it could break up. But I think the I think the top four in the market will just go around just trying to beat each other. And Garlow could, could could sneak a second, yes, yeah. I I I see this now. I'm going to say something that's quite controversial for this podcast, considering the amount of st- considering I've been lukewarm at best for this horse, and I really don't want to say this. But now Brave Man's game is withdrawn, and I just think there's too much uncertainty with Shishkin. Aplutard, I'm not keen on because two races now in a row pulled up. Conflated, could I, yeah, I definitely think has a chance. I think I think this race is for a hoist and you're to take, and I don't like saying that. This is nothing against the the, the connections of hoist and your, but it is a little bit. And you know, but, I'm uh, I, I think a lot gets said about. Brian Hughes not taking his place in great the champion jockey not taking his place in Grade One races. I will be. It'll be really interesting to see how he goes. Here. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure on him. But pe- people say he is he is the best jockey in England, and. and, 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 and Aidan Coleman said it. He said that he thinks Brian Hughes is the best jockey out there. Um, so we will. Say, I, I still think it's. I still think it's a cracking race. You've got four 
grade one quality horses there. Mm. And they're going to go at it. So bring yeah, it on, yeah. I say. Yes, indeed. Uh, we have the William Hill Aintree Hurdle. I mentioned this in the, when we looked over it last time briefly. All I've got to say is just Constitution Hill. He's eight to one on. Do we need to say anything else? Uh, who else is running? Ten here, Epsilon Charger. I like to move it. So Royal. Um, they're just fighting for second, really. It's not, it's not, not really a competitive race at all. Um, if it'll be interesting to see how this could very well be his last run over hurdles. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. So, does he? Given that he's going to have the summer off, they're not going to take him to Punches Town. Well, I mean, we don't know if he's going to have the summer off. Well, <laughs> some, people would, some people would like him to be busy over the summer. Um, oh, yeah. Why not? Just go, just go and win by 30 lengths. Just go and, It would actually be really nice to see him just go and just win by 30 lengths here. Because we know he yeah. can. Yeah. And I think if that's going to be his last race over hurdles... Why not? Just go and do it. Yeah, do it. I, I don't. What I don't want to see is Nico the Boyville apologising to punters in the post-race interview saying, "Sure, it wasn't more than ten. Um, right. So, well, I think that we've got nothing else to say about that. Uh, the next race is the Fox Hunters. I've not got a lot really to say about this, I'm afraid. Um, well, you have Mr. Bradley Gibbs, um, the Fox Hunters hero. Uh, riding another one of his horses here, Fear Jaguar. Uh, second fave wing leader is 72 fave, late night pass, famous Claremont, who was going to run at Cheltenham, uh, but they decided no, they didn't decide against it. I'm sorry, uh, I thought I read they weren't, weren't going to go there for a race I was there for. I didn't really pay much attention. Um, <laughs> I don't really have a strong opinion. Famous Clermont, I think he's probably going to be the best horse in the race and probably win it. But I don't don't have a really um really strong Fair opinion. Fair enough. Fair enough. Neither do I. We'll move on. Um, the Red Run Handicap Chase. Uh, again, again a race I've not got a huge amount of interest in. I will note that the one horse I was looking at was probably Hatcher. Tristan Darrell got a five pound claimer on. Dan Skelton trained. Have moved from twelve to one to eleven to one whilst we've been recording the podcast. So. There you go. Get on board. It's gone. It's a mark of 130. Um, when, well, third time 18, lucky for me. Big top, big weight though. I, I, I'm a big fan of third time lucky, but I think 5-1 to one at top weight uh, would worry me a tad. Um, but that's all. Not really deep. Not a deep race at all, really. No, I completely agree. Uh, the next race is the Mayor's Bumper again. I'm sorry to say, and this has got nothing against the mares, uh, but a race I've not really looked at at all and not really got much interest in. Uh, yes, this is bereft of quality, I'm afraid. I'd probably, well, probably back the Jolie, Jolie Kerr Allen, the Willie, Willie Mullins or Mark Walsh. Yeah, probably. That's probably, that's not, that, that's not a bad bet at all. Nine to two, Willie Mullins, Willie Mullins horse in a, in a, in a bumper. Hmm. Probably uh, not fully yeah. beats territory, but See probably not a, not a wise bet. Yeah. Uh, right, we move on to the Friday. We have the Marmay Novices Chase Jerry Colom out to avenge 
his defeats in the Brown Advisory to, well, Real Wacker's not there, so he's just going to have to run against things he's already beaten. So Brom, for example, which was, I think, 40 to one third in the Brown Advisory, he's going off 7 to 2 here. Jerry Colon, 10 to 11 fave. And then you've got a couple of other runners. Thomas Darby in there, 16s. Gallia Delito, 8. Yeah, I think Thomas, if, if a horse is going to spring a surprise, he'll probably be Thomas Darby, has been known to um, perform well above his, his level. Gallia Delito as well. The skeletons really rate it. But can I see it beating Jerry Colom? No. We, I think Jerry, Jerry Colom was nicely unlucky to not win at Cheltenham. Yeah. Um, as I as I as I as I said in the entire preview circuit, he is a lazy, lazy horse, mm-hmm. um, and he was lazy again and did not kick into action till very late on. Um, and unfortunately, the hill did not work in his favour. So potentially on a on a flat track, it might work more to his advantage. Um, to be fair, he was absolutely steaming up at the end. He was gaining oh. at a rapid pace, and not. Um, um, I, but I don't think he'll need to chase anything down here. I think he'll he'll lead from the front, maybe maybe in second, and he'll just five lengths at least. I think that's the yeah. How long's a piece? Of, how long's a piece of string? I I I can't see anything really getting close to this. I'd say Gallia Dilito is a, is good for a um, place bet, but how many runners do we have at the moment? We, only six, I think. Aren't we? Only six. I mean, you're going to be really, really fortunate if someone's offering three places in this. Yeah, I reckon most places will go two and they'll probably give you, oh, I don't know, you might get lucky if it's the first race of the day, you might get money back if second or third if you're very, very lucky at some places, but probably mm. not. If there's a bet um, that market, maybe. Yeah. Uh, we then have the William Hill Handicap Hurdle, Camprond favourite at seven to one. Is Camprond going to go, is Camprond running here at Aintree? Or is he going to go to Punchestown? Uh, I don't, it, well, all I'll say really? is he he will win a race this month. Well, he will he, he he will win a race this month. I but I don't know where it's going to be. So we'll wait for declarations. If he doesn't if he doesn't run here, then he will win at Punchestown. He's been. I'm just looking on here. It's just declared entry for the 220. Aiden Coleman on board. Camp Rond in the William Hill Handicap Hurdle. Well, there you go. Seven to one. Back it. No one. Rejo came second in the Martin Pipe. I mean. Maybe, I mean, that was just. I mean, I, I, I've said, I said this in the Cheltenham review. I said it had absolutely no chance. Came seconds. I was there with egg in my face. It was a day. It was a day. It was a day of egg in my face. Benson's there. running in this as well. The more battle hurdle winner. Yeah, uh, uh, I wouldn't. It's a, I wouldn't it's, really. a, it's a deep British race. There are lots of Grade Two, Grade Three horses just sort of loitering around here. Um, at the bottom of the market, Tritonics running. Jason the Militant is at fifty to one at the, at the tail of the market. Oh, it's it's a really messy race. I can't really say I have much of an opinion. Um, I'll be back in Cambron though. Yeah, hundred percent, completely agree. We then have the uh, a novices hurdle over two two mile novices hurdle. Uh, found a fifty is the seventy two fave in the pocket at ninety two. Lucia. The darling of the preview circuit um, for the mayor's mayor's novice which of course again, which didn't really deliver. We have Tamuris, which was considered as a, the great British hope of the supreme, came was it ninth or tenth. Again, 
My interest here is probably no looking back. 16 to 1, Ollie McKiernan. Uh, I think it came second to Irish Point at Nace last month, and I think the form there is quite going to be quite strong. It's 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 a little bit it's a little bit of one where you're kind of hoping things go your way. Yeah. It's not one. It's it's not one where there's a bank of evidence there, but there's not. I, I think there's a lot of horses here that are very beatable. We thought we thought Lucia was going to be well. I mean, we must do. We thought Lucia was going to absolutely have a stormer in the mares, and obviously didn't deliver. Um, in the pocket, Tamuras again, two horses that didn't really deliver as well. I think this is it's just going to be an open race. I think sixteen to one's a decent price. I think in the pocket for me ran really well um, in the Supreme. Um, yeah, in the pocket for me. Yeah, it's it's a fair enough shout. It's a fair enough shout. Uh, right, we'll move on to the Mars Chase. I mean, I said. <laughs> We've done this. We can. This is terrible. It's rubbish. rubbish. Uh, So we'll script over to the Topham handicap chase. I mean, it's not one where I've got an absolute bank of you listeners here. I'm afraid. Uh, I I mean, when when you've got the favourite and the favourite coming at nine to one, I mean, it's people are going people are going to make make a boatload in this. So yeah. Um, and I can't say I have a really strong opinion on it either. Um, Ashton had course form nine to one heading the market on Jess Keel, who's uh, one of the distance before something Ashton Lad hasn't done. Nine to one final orders, uh, a string of victories this season. Came fifth last time out at Cheltenham at the festival. Um, in the Johnny Henson Grand Annual, leading to Mascara, the Diana Blue Global Citizen, who was scratched from uh, a race on the Thursday and third time lucky. So, third time lucky goes well. Could be a bit of money for final orders in the top. Fair enough. There you go. I've got nothing really else to add. I think. Well, yeah. Il Redonto running as well from Nickel Jar. Yeah, uh, yeah. 12 to 1, one at the distance. Um, but it, it'll be. Follow the market for this for this sort of race. There's 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 not even a, a, a favourite to sort of take on really at nine to one currently. Yeah, away for the day that some horses may pull out. Um, following the money. Mm. Uh, so we have the Sefton Novices Hill over three miles. We have Stairway Fay, which of course won at uh, Cheltenham. We have. Iroko, which won the Martin Pipe, it'll be interesting to see how 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 the fest how the festival's go, gone at that point in terms of how the Cheltenham winners have done. Um, yeah, you'll be able to, you'll be able to tell. Well, uh, for me, neither of them. Absolute notions, I think, is an absolute banker for this. No oh, goodness me, really. Yep. Beat Sandor again. At Leopardstown, who was beaten by Stairway Faye. Um, and in that race came second to Goodland. Yeah. At Leopardstown. So I think that's all bit Stairway Faye did win that race. I think there's a horse which is level. And we've got to remember that Leopardstown is a flat track. Yeah. Much Not like. like- 
much like a much like Aintree is. So mm-hmm. I would be um, sticking with absolute notions here. Well, yeah, I mean Sandor. I mean I mentioned we have mentioned a number of times on on this podcast that Sandor Clegane should have won the Albert Bartlett. I mean, I'm not saying that's not my pocket talking. That's just real. That's just calling it as I see it. Should have won. Sean O'Keefe will be disappointed with the ride. And Good Land's a very, very good horse. Came fourth in a very, very good Ballymore. So I think I think you're absolutely I think you're absolutely right there. But it was just, it, as I said, it'll be interesting to see how the Cheltenham winners have done. If they're fa- if they're failing, yeah. absolute notions could absolutely absolutely bolt up. Uh, and then of course the last race of the day. Conditional, conditional handicap. I've not got anything really to add, I'm afraid, listeners. Um, I can't see anything worth talking about. I think again, well, so like on unbeaten this season. Um, just I would say follow the price again. A, a slight favouritism towards um, towards so like on, but. Ben Godfrey on board with a useful three-pound claim, one at the distance. Then the course form is really massive at Aintree. Um Just a flat bowl, really. Um, yeah, I, I would, I would. Soft favourite, uh, soft opinion on Sir Icon for me. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. We'll then head over to the Saturday. It's Grand National Day. Again, a lot of these races I think we can skip over quite quickly for you. The 145, the Magalnoff's Chase. Having had final decks for this, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, Bambridge, I don't think it's going to go here. Um, no. I don't believe... Uh, no, I think John Bond might two miles and they're going to step him up, yeah. Um, Sam Wall won't go here either No I think John Bond walks this really Um, Wasn't disgraced against um, El Fabiola El Fabiola Who's a very very good horse In the article Um, Yeah We can't really say much until we've had the um, If John Bond goes here I think given the early entries He probably wins uh, we then have the uh, handicap hurdle over three miles. Oh. Good time, Johnny. Favorite oh, eight to one no. again. Again, it'd be interesting to see how the Cheltenham winners have done. Yeah. Uh, my one here, the one that I'd be taking interest in, is probably Anteur. Um Came sixth in the attempts. Uh, probably, you know, probably could have done a little bit better. Still, it still has a decent, still has a decent enough mark in terms of it's got eight pounds on Good Time, Johnny. Uh, it's 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 one in which I've I mean walking on airs that one I mean that, we wouldn't say a darling of the previous circuit it's a darling of <laughs> David Jennings um yeah it's it's an interesting one I think it's, it's going to be an open race Gatsby Gray is an interesting one at, down there in the prices at twenty five it's quite a big quite a big mark though one four one it's what is a horse I've I've looked at a fair a fair few times you'll probably have a massive you'll probably have a massive price win this. There's no, yeah. I don't think there's any certainty in the market at all at this early stage. You don't, don't really know he's going to run. And good time, Johnny was obviously targeted for that race at Cheltenham. So, mm. is he really going and to, uh, to Aintree, or are they just looking for a quick double? 
Yeah, another potentially interesting, again, uh, massive weight, Call Me Lord is one that I thought a slightly bigger price, ran well at Sandown, the Tingle Creek meeting, but since then not really delivered. Uh, we'll head on to the three o'clock, the Mersing Horses Hurdle. I think Hermes Allen's going to win this probably. Um, depends where in the pocket goes, got an entry for this as well, but I suspect goes to the race earlier in the week. Yeah. Uh, Absolute Nation's also got an entry for this, but I don't think we'll go here. Tamara says, well, authorised speed does not possess a lot of speed on what we've seen. It'd be interesting to see what Irish Point does. It'd be very interesting to see what Irish Point does. And of course, how, and then you can compare it to how No Looking Back uh, would have gone uh, on the Friday in the two mile, uh, two mile race, of course, Irish Point beat uh, No Looking Back at Nace. So it'd be interesting to see there if, if No Looking Back runs a good I think, race. I think, then, I think it'd be really important for Hermes Allen to go here and win and finish the season on a high after what has been a really promising season. Yeah, it just, there's a, there's a lot of money ahead, uh, ahead of the Ballymore, and just, well, it was, it, was a, it was a very, very good race. It was a very, very good race, and just didn't really deliver, I'm afraid. Uh, we then have the Liverpool hurdle, which of course is just the stairs hurdle, really, which is a repeat of the stairs hurdle with Maurice Rock. Uh, Cider Burley won this last year, beating Flooring Porter. Cider I, Burley won. Yeah, I, I can't see. I think Cider Burley, although it was a really good performance, um, I cannot see Cider Burley going and doubling up with Cheltenham and winning winning the renewal of this. I think it's going to be a massive effort. Um, yeah. We've got time. I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with home by the league. Personally, had okay. one poor jump um, going around on their second circuit at Cheltenham at the festival, and that really took the wind out with sails. And spent the rest of that lap getting to the swing of things and was making ground and finished strongly. So I would not hesitate in uh, backing home by the day again. But you also have this time around Marie's Rock, who arguably should have gone for the stairs at Cheltenham but it is, you, ifs, buts and maybes that you can't really you can't say that to him so Tip who finished like a train I think the bubbles burst on Florian Porter personally well Tram- I mean like I mean Florian Porter that was his best not forget that was his first run for a, for a good while yeah so it could be best for the run and still uh, came fourth. I mean, fourth's not a disgrace in a championship race. No. Um, Champ. Champ's got an entry for Punchtown as well, but... Oh, they... I think Champ I think Champ will go here. And I think Champ will... I think Champ will run a decent race, actually. Champ was destroyed by Paisley Park last time. Yeah, I'd have, he's had a long time out. A lot of these horses... Again, it's interesting. It'll be interesting how the how the how the Cheltenham form plays out. See what Dashel Drash does as well on entry. I would. I that if I were then, if I were the owners, I would send Dashel Drash to Punchestown. Chances are. No, really interesting. Yeah, I would. Um, because that Josh is Josh is always very keen to say that Dashel Drash stays 
two miles, six and a half, two miles, seven oh, furlongs. Yeah, and the yeah, race yeah. of punch, the race of punch down is two miles, seven and a half. Whereas this yeah. is three miles and a half. So yeah, just the extra furlong. I will send the punch down front running tactics, fend them all off, see if they can get to him. It'd be interesting to see. What, the one thing I will say is, and I mentioned this last time, Time Hill has been entered and they're going to go back to hurdles. Was I, I, I said was, was, was one of my one of my keenest bets of the of the week was Time Hill in the Brown Advisory. And I again left with egg on my face as I was for the most of the festival. With a, with a really, really disappointing form. They, 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 really, they just don't they just don't know what to do with them. No, I just be it's just a horse that has so much or at least looks like it has so much class and just looks just like a natural a natural racer and then it puts in a performance like that that I just the quality the quality is there. Un undoubtedly yeah. the quality is there. It's just about stringing it all, putting it all together in a performance. I'd be re I'd be really interested to see how it goes. I want it's currently ten to one now. I'd want a little bit more. If you could if I could edge up to twelves, maybe even fourteens, which it won't do, I doubt, then I would absolutely be getting involved. Probably foolishly, but I would still do it. I'm a sucker for that horse. Uh, the four fifteen had another handicap chase, and one that, uh, I think we can skip over this because it's not. It's a, it's another date race. Got another big price enterprise favourite with phlegmatic at seven to one. One at the distance. Um, everything else is bigger than that. Um, I would give a small shout out to Canondo Queto, um, trained by Sam England, who's got course and distance form, being on a great winning streak this season third last time out um lost to oscar elite who was a who was a fancy for a race at, Chel at the cheltenham festival yeah and bold endeavor who was also involved uh in the coral cup and came fifth there so can't do question for me but again that's a really soft fancy so i think we're probably best moving on to, to the, the big one, the quarter past five, the grand national handicap chase, a grade three handicap. <laughs> Where do we start? Well, we mentioned this, we talked about it last time, but how the top six in the market are all quite strong. I think Corrick Rambler is strong. I mean, some people are saying, I heard something in the week, not that it's got no chance, disagree completely. I think Corrick Rambler's got a very strong chance. Delta work. Uh, has, has done well in this race, won the cross country. I think uh, the horse with plenty of class. Noble Yates. The only worry about Noble Yates is that is that is he just going to have is his mark too high? But I just think I don't think that's necessarily too much of a problem in a race where so much can happen. One horse that a lot of people talk about any second now. Uh, be, ma be, massively peeping, be massively peeping. Be massively peeping. Yeah. Oh um, yeah, I mean, yeah. The way, but as, that, I said, yeah, but as I said, with eight, in this this is the race where I'm least concerned about weight, and I know that might sound silly because it's long and so it can really drag, but this is about if you can get round, and so many horses won't finish this race, they fall or they pull up or whatever, but if you can get round, then it's then then you're only halfway there to be honest. Mm. It's about class. It's about how much you want it. 
Uh, I mean, as I said that, I, I won't be back any second now, but I wouldn't say rule it out. I think Longhouse Pert, Martin Brazil, a canny operator. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, very unlucky at, uh, at Cheltenham. I think, well, fast or slow, got done on the line in actually by uh, Corrick Rambler. So there you go, Gertu Bernil, which I think you're quite keen on, Jack. I am, yes. I, I, carrying, I disagree with you about the weights thing. I think it, it plays quite a significant role. Oh, I'm not and saying it doesn't. I'm not saying it doesn't. But I just say, it's the, it's, in terms of handicaps, I'm always looking at weights. It's one of the first things I do. Whereas for this, I'm not necessarily looking at that immediately. I'm looking about, Fair you enough. know, will they be able to stay? Um, in terms of, if they were all the same weight, could they stay? That's the first thing I'm looking for. Got an RPR of 174. Um, official rating 155. Carrying, only carrying 11 stone. Off the back of a really um, strong Cheltenham Festival victory. Hate to say it. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, finding it, I'm finding it difficult to understand why a horse that is capable of winning good races, well above yeah. class class grade threes, how has got away with eleven stone? Yeah, I think it's a. I think if, it is an interesting one. If the rain comes, if there is some cut in the ground, yeah. you, you will you will see a battle between Garden Hill and Delta Work going over the horse. Mm-hmm. And I see that that I've I've said Garden Mill is a ship and not a particularly slow ship. Not a particularly fast ship, but he's but he's not a he's not a dreadfully slow ship either. He keeps going, yeah. he keeps plugging on, he jump he jumps well, he gets over the fences. Mm-hmm. With with a national I you've got to be in the front third all the way around for me. The too much too much chaos happens in that front third. If you're at the back and you just get shoved around by a loose horse or a faller, then you've got you're going to be at a disadvantage. So I'm really strong on Garden Hill. If there's a bit of cut in the ground, running in the top third, I think he's going to be really hard to beat. Would would there? I mean. First thing I would say is interesting to see how your view of the horses evolves. Let's put it that way, mm-hmm. and that's fine. Yeah. And that's fine. That's fine. That happens. That, that's you have to see. You, you see what happens. You adjust your opinion. That's just what we do. That's what you should do. But I mean, won the National Hunt Chase. It was hardly. It was hardly a performance. You go. I mean, people were going, "Oh, brilliant!" Because people were saying it was their banker. And I think, let's be honest, they were relieved it won. Yeah, yeah. Because it wasn't a it wasn't an eye catching performance, was it? No, but he wanted to win the race. Yeah, a lot of a lot of horses at that stage would have just. And we go back to the go back to what these protests about the horse. Horses want. This is what they're meant to do. They're meant to run. They're meant to jump. They're meant to run in. In 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 their in their herd, and they will, if they want to win a race, they will go and win it. They're not stupid. They're not just they're not just a just a piece of meat. They know what they're doing. They have a brain, and they think about it. 
and Gardner yeah. showed the attitude of a horse that wanted to win that race. Mm-hmm. And I think that says a lot, personally. He, he had no right to win that race from where he came from. Where he came from. Had no right to win that. Yeah. Uh, I would say... So I've, I've been looking at this. I'm not normally... I feel like I've got to perform the role of Josh a little bit here. It's saying looking for a bit for a slightly bigger price. No, but you, ha- you, ha- you have to, you have to. And so, the one that I've been looking through, and of course there are a number that are, there are a number of bigger prices that are relatively interesting. I think jo- I think they were mentioned in the previous podcast. Um, let's say, for example, uh, I think Josh mentioned Dior Care uh, that was priced at sixty sixes is now eighties. He was like, how is it sixty sixes? How is it sixty six one? But now eighty to one. So if you're interested in that, you're going to get a lot much bigger price. Durasso eighty to one, you can get Sam Brown eighty to one. Fortescue is still at sixty six to one. So there's still plenty of massive prices. They're the ones yep. Joshua mentioned last week. But the one I've been, the one I looked at here is a slightly smaller price. It's Cocoa Beach at thirty threes. Now the of oh, course, yeah, of course, Cocoa Beach a great horse. So you're gonna so you're naturally going to see that price shorten the day. <laughs> no, well, no, it's just true. We can we can laugh, but this is the this is the race that most that has the most bets. Most people punt on this race than any other race, and there'll be plenty of people who aren't in, who aren't who don't know. Uh, no, you you, you are right. You are right. And and they'll yeah. see they'll see a grey horse. So that's a that's a differential. I'll I'll bet on that. It, it, it you know looks looks nice, but when you actually look at it. Uh, going off 11 stone, just like uh, Gardema Nil, of course, maybe you'd want slight, a slightly lower rating, but I'm not that fussed, as I've explained. But you've got Harry Cobden, who I think is the best, who is uh, with with Paul Townend. Well, so he's the best jockey in Britain, in my opinion. Yeah. If people will say Brian Hughes, Harry Cobden has done it, proven, done it in great ones. Gordon Elliott has got a great record in this race. You've got a good price. Came eighth last year, but jumped, jumped very well. And as you look at last year, a little bit, little bit unlucky. I think is a horse that can deal with ground. So if it, if it does rain, if it does get a bit softer, can definitely cope with that. Uh, and one of his last outing as well. So good confidence knows well, not, not the horse, but the, the horse knows how to get the knows how to win. I just think it's thirty three to one. And I, I, what really sold it is the fact that Harry Cobden's now got important, and yeah, that gives that gives me a bit of confidence. You've got a top, top, top jockey. You've got a trainer who knows how to win the race. Uh, people, everyone will be looking at Delta Work being Gordon's big, big shout for the race. But you know, it's happened before where the second string has beaten the first string uh, many times. I mean, I mean, obviously it wasn't wasn't the Grand National, but you look at the cross country last year, of course, when Delta Work beat Tiger Roll. So uh, it's one that's it's one that, that's definitely interesting me. Uh, of course, I'll probably wait till you get a few more places, but then of course we'll, mm. we'll probably lose. Bit, you'll probably lose a bit of that price. So it's about where they're working out where you can fit. Yeah, I think a lot of people are really fixed on top of the market at the moment. You have Cheltenham Festival winners up here, Grand National winners. Um, I think there is some value elsewhere. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be looking at Vanilla for that, unfortunately. Um, I agree. Festival Chilton Festival winner, but really hasn't hasn't been up to much since then. 
Um, I mean, I was I was a fan of the big dog, or have been a fan of the big dog for for, for a while, um, but it's just never sees out his races. Um, fell last time, thirty seventeen. Did win at Narvan over um, three miles, um, and Limerick um, late last year. But when push comes to it, punches town. Um, didn't really offer much. Could be anything. It's, it's a price at twenty fives. Potentially an angle there. Um, a big breakaway. Bit of a mentalist. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, you got no idea what he's going to do. I wouldn't be selecting him for this. Mr. Coffee's running. I don't see an angle there, I'm afraid. Don't see an angle for Dan Boyne either. Um, mm. well, that's what I mean, like, yeah. Yeah, that Kimmy form has not, um, on the evidence of the Irish Grand National, has not worked out particularly well. Um I hate I hate to be drawn towards the top of the market in the Grand National. Oh, I don't know. I'll go, go go through them. I the uncertainty over a jockey change uh, for Corat Rambler is a big one for me. And you look at the races he's won at the festival, can you do that for a Grand National? Can you take that chance? No, I mean, I, seven to one. Mm, I'd argue. At seven to one, I'm saying you can't. If it's 25 to one, I'm saying you can. Um, <laughs> what about 16? Oh, don't. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're in slavery territory. Um, Delta work, eight to one. Gone in it. Strong, very strong record in this race. Another Cheltenham Festival victory over three miles six. Over you know over a couple of similar fences has as good a chance as any, but you're coming in off the back of a Cheltenham Festival victory, and well, you look at it, eleven stone four. Potential given given what any second now has been given, I think. I think Delta work. I think I think Delta work. People. Interesting. Maybe this is just I've not been looking properly, but I feel Delta Works not being mentioned enough, despite the fact second fave. Yeah, I agree. Um, then you go to Noble Yates. Is Noble Yates the sort of horse which goes and wins back-to-back Grand Nationals? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm a big fan of Noble Yates. I think he's a very, very good horse. But he's been it's just, it's just, obviously been penalised with the weight. Oh, oh, yeah. Of course. It's just I think I, and it, Noble Yates is just being unlucky, and that there's just no real race. No real grade one for him. All of them fourth, been... fourth in the gold cup, but fourth in the gold cup as well. I mean, he's, I an, he's an incredible horse. He, but... he needs he, he he needs a kind of three mile six grade one that he can just absolutely storm. Yeah, there isn't. There isn't. Look, I, I could see him. I could see him doing it. I I can. I can't. Unfortunately, any second now has just been penalised beyond belief. Um, couldn't. Look, couldn't see it being repeated, unfortunately. I think um, Longhouse Poet. I think Longhouse Poet has got a very is very much within the, in with the shout here. Yep, yeah, I agree. Uh, I I but I think it stays within the top six in the market. Personally, I think I think unlike a lot of Grand Nationals, there is a quality angle here as well. 
Yes, no, I completely agree. You see, what Tiger, what Tiger Owl did, he was just by far just the best horse in the race. Um, yeah. Um, he went off, when he went off and won at four to one, he was just the best horse in the race and got the job done. And I think top, there, is a, there is a distinct difference in quality to the top six in the market here and the rest. I'll be, I'll, I'm going to, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be, I'll be shocked if it, um, I, and it's rich to say in the 40 runner race, but I'd be, I'd be shocked if it goes to anyone outside the top six. I couldn't tell you which I, one it is, though. I could, I'm going to, I'm going to say this, and I mentioned this last time. Galvin. Very, uh, yes. Plenty of quality, and I'm going to say this now. If it is, if there, if there isn't much rain, if it's quite dry, I will have something on Galvin. I'm going to tell I'm going to tell that to you. I'm going to tell that to the listeners. If it stays dry, if it rains and is a bit wet, I'm going to have something on Delta work. That's, yeah. it's, 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 that's I know that seems very, I know it's very simplistic, but it, but but I'm I'm thinking it's as clear cut as that for me. I will, in terms of other things, I think Longhouse Pearl is something I'll probably be involved with. I probably I won't, probably won't be on Noble Yates. Depends what happens, and I'll then I will I will also have something on Cocoa Beach each way. That's that's yeah. my plan. Fair enough. I mean, go and put in a. Such a brave performance at Cheltenham, um, in conditions which weren't meant to suit him. So I think if there's if it's any job than that, he will be. He should. Well, I think he's an extra four furlongs, but he was staying on better. He was staying on well. Oh yeah, um, he stayed on what? Stayed on fine. Yeah. It just depends on the weather. It's, that's that's another big factor. Um, and and that and that's fine because you know wait till wait till the day, you get all those places. Yeah. And uh, sure, you might lose a bit of price, but you might get a bit of drift as well. So you get all those places, and you'll work it, and you'll be able to see what's going on. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It will be. Wonder who's going to be brave. Who's going to be offering eight places? That'll be really interesting to see. I I think I think I'm I wouldn't be surprised to see a couple of places offering places. Mm. Well, the there we go. Yeah, win for the punters. Uh, there we go. I mean, there is, there is, of course, the race afterwards. It is the bumper. I mean, I've not looked at it once. Sorry, listeners. Uh, sorry, bumper fans. I've not looked at it once, and we're not even going to preview it on the show. Uh, Josh should be proud of proud that. Uh, so there you go. That's our rain tree preview. We're done. We're dusted there. Uh, there we. I think actually, before we move on to our other sporting. Uh, so I think it's important that we mention the Dandy Naps competition, of course. The yes. Event as Life of the Bridal, we had the um, we had the race at Musselburgh uh, last time, the Queen's Cup at Musselburgh, and of course we decided to go. For, well, we have good news. <laughs> good we news. had the winner. <laughs> Wise Eagle. <laughs> yeah, Wise Eagle, fantastic win uh, after a disappointing result yeah. uh, at Doncaster when. Uh, you know, and where we all we were all to blame, and I where I had mentioned that migration was a, a good chance, and I had mentioned a while as well, and we ended up going with uh, Atrium and Alma we ended up with nothing. It was great to get a win on the board, and I remember Jack, you were very keen on Wise Eagle during yeah. the podcast as well. So um, there are you when occasionally when you when you're having a look at the cards, there there's there's the odd occasion where you just think there's no way this gets beaten. I know this. Is gonna, I know this is going to win. Yeah, and this and this was one of those moments. 
he just, I just had the utmost confidence that a place a place was absolutely inevitable, and I was convinced it was going to win. So that was really nice to get us off the ball. I think if we uh, if we go on much, you know, couple of races without having another win, and we could have been uh, in a bit yeah, of a struggle. Could... We've, we've we found a bit of form and bring on the 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 twenty third at Newbury with the um, with the next leg of the Dandenhams. Yeah, no, looking forward to it. Let's get another one on the board. Let's build that score. Uh, yes. Anyway, so that is our racing previews, reviews, chat done. We're just going to talk briefly now. We, we talked about uh, the Masters at Augusta National last week. Of course, we've just had that. John Rahm winning uh, a win for the PGA uh, versus Liv, because, of course, you had Brooks Kepka and Phil Mickelson representing Liv coming tied second there, which was actually an incredible performance. But, the, but before we go into that, I'd just like to say an apology uh, to the listeners. I said I, all my, my punts were an absolute disaster. I'd roared, I said that Rory McIlroy was an absolute, was a banker to come in the top five. We knew that he'd have a, wasn't necessarily sure he wasn't sure he was going to win because Augusta is just a place where there's demons seem to hit him, but he always has a great finish. And of course, it didn't even happen, Mr. Cut. Uh, I, had, uh, I was also on Scotty Scheffler. I uh, had Will Salatoris, of course, he withdrew before the tournament. Uh, yeah, and I was also on Tommy Fleetwood, who I, did, of course, didn't mention at the time. I had Tommy Fleetwood each way. Thought, I've got a back of Brit. And, uh, yeah, wasn't really there. Uh, Jacket, you you were very keen on Jason Day. And that kind oh, of fell apart, didn't it? I think Jason, Jason Day reached eight, nine under on, on, the, on the Friday and has finished six or seven over. So... What, from what went was looking a really promising uh, twenty-five to one shot has sort of blown up in my face. I was back Colin Morikara as well, who um, clung on for a tenth, tenth place. But I think that's about as good as it got for us. I think. Um, yeah. Uh, who who was who was who was Josh on? Josh was keen on. I think he got on Voldal Cameron Champ. I think missed the cut. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I have to say, given the given the uh, the weather and the all the, it was, all, it was all so the oh, it was, it was just chaos. And I think between the the I think after Friday and Saturday, I sort of lost interest, picked up again on the Sunday. But it was um, yeah, it was it was, look, it John was chaotic. Ron, yeah, John Rahm's one. It's a win for Europe. It's a win for the PGA Tour. So mm-hmm. on we go. On we go to the. Um, look, I'm a, look. As you know, because I mean, we, Jack and I were actually on the golf course earlier before the rain and winds. <laughs> up to the, too much, and it was like playing in a blooming jail. It was, it was, it was the, it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. But uh, I, I was trying to do my best. Well, I wasn't really at all. Jack knows that I'm a big Phil Mickelson fan, and who would have thought that Phil, having not come, I think he hadn't had a top twenty finish in in any of the live events. I may be wrong. Uh, if I'm wrong, please. Um, I think one one ranking system had him at over three hundredth in the world. Oh goodness me! And, but then, and puts in an absolute storming final round on the Sunday. I think was it was it the best round by an over fifth final round by an over fifth? Oh, must be, best? must be. It was it was, a it, was, it, was it was absolutely fantastic to come second. I mean, I mean, who 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 had Phil Mickelson to top five finish or even a top top two? Uh, then then you're absolutely laughing. What a fantastic bet that would have been. Uh, but yeah, it was a tough it was a tough week. But uh, but but of course, Augusta's always a special special. Occasionally, it was great watch anyway. Uh, now it's just us two. We could talk about some other sport. We've got a great fight this weekend. Joe, Joe Juggernaut Joyce against 
Gilet Big Bang Zhang at the Copper Box Arena live on BT Sport. It's uh, no no pay per view, so it'll be there. Just if you've got BT Sport, you'll be able to watch the fight. I think and I, the only reason I wanted to mention it, I think it's just going to be an absolutely fantastic watch for for, for all around sports fans. Don't know if there's necessarily a huge betting angle. Joe Joyce, huge favourite. I think he's one. To, I think he's twelve to one on Zhang at six to one. Uh, you know, if you if you, I think Zhang fought against Hergovic, Philip Hergovic, a Croatian fighter, an absolute absolute thriller. Uh, not too long ago, Joe Joyce off the back of a good win against Joseph Parker, Parker, a former world champion. Uh, Bit, uh, you know, you, you might have seen on social media, Big John, this uh, the guy who loves a Chinese, the, the you know, Bosch, Big John, who loves it, loves a Chinese. He was having a, a, a quote, real Chinese with uh, with Zhang in Chinatown. <laughs> that was interesting viewing. They had a little face off. But I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a great fight. So it was great watch. You see a lot. Of it. You see uh, both of them are going to go for it. Uh, both of them getting on a bit. So. It's kind of like Joe Joyce feels new to the game, but he's uh, he's getting on. So if he wants that big fight against uh, against the Fury, against the Nusik, against the Wilder, even an AJ, just about, I suppose you could squeak AJ in there. And got he, the win. And he's, yeah, he's got he's yeah, he's got a, he's got a, he's got to beat Jack, who is a very decent customer again. Who's going on? They're both uh, Olympic silver medalists. But yeah, you know, I'm, so we interested to see. I think that's Saturday night. You can watch the Grand National, have a winner there or a loser, and <laughs> sit, and re- sit and reflect. <laughs> have, and a then, have a Chinese, have a Chinese, have a Chinese, and uh, and then watch and then watch the fight. The idea be a top watch. Yeah, I've nothing more to add. I've I've been a bit disillusioned with the uh, particularly the heavyweight division recently. I think there's oh, you could you could argue there's almost, there is almost too many contenders, but you could also argue that they're just the management and the greed and. The selfishness of fighters to um, get what they want, just as as ruined the division, really. Um, and a lot of people have said if if, if boxing was organised the way that the UFC was organised, yeah, you'd have a far better product. You fight who you're told to fight. Exactly, um, we wouldn't have all this. People <laughs> for sticking around about. And the fact that Usyk and Fury there are four belts. I mean, it, gives, oh, it can know, give up to it can give up to four people at any one time a claim as the best heavyweight champion in the world, and then yeah, you know, they never they never fight each other because they don't want to lose that, and yeah. it's, it's just it's it's just terrible. It's just, boxing is in a terrible state. Um, yeah, no, I completely agree. Completely agree. And, which is so annoying because I think it's a, I think it's it can be such a great. Oh, the potential's there. Great watch. The potential's there. You've got, you've got, who you've got, you've got Fury, Joshua, Usyk, Wilder, George Spencer, Dubois, Andy Ruiz, you know, all, (laughs) you know, five of those, sorry, six of those seven in the last three years have been heavyweight champion. Yeah. So, and Joe Joyce, you know, I would not put it past it, him becoming a heavyweight champion. Uh, for me, Joyce is an elite. We'll see on Saturday, but I think he could definitely be an elite fighter. At the moment, I'd have him at four, probably behind Wilder, maybe, yeah. maybe even ahead of Wilder. For me, um, AJ definitely. For me, AJ's at five. Um, yeah, and well, that's hardly generous. Your power rankings, the heavyweight power rankings, well, heavyweight power rankings. Well, right now, yeah, live a live power ranking. Uh, okay, well, number one, I'm going Usyk. 
Oh no, I can't. No, I can't. I can't. No, 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 in terms, in terms of the form he's shown. When was the last time Tyson fought? Yeah, well, we were there. We were there. Well, yeah, and who and who did he beat? He beat an absolute bum. So <laughs> that's outrageous. <laughs> absolute slander. Oh, absolute slander. Deli. I mean, what 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 does War do to like get these fights? <laughs> Derek Chisora is solely responsible for slowing the heavyweight division down. Him and, Dillian, him and Dillian White just think, oh yeah, we used to be all right at boxing. We know we're going to lose, but I just want the paycheck. You know, you just you just well, slowing the division down. To be honest, the I don't blame Derek Chisora for taking the payday against Fury. I mean, oh, you could. I mean, to be honest, it was. Fury, who was dictating the terms, maybe saying, AJ, you've got to sign a deal, blah, blah, blah. I don't blame Chisora. He's, he's done but, plenty. But even, even like that whole event was just an absolute farce. I mean, yeah, but we, 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 we contributed. <laughs> <laughs> we missed most of it. But then we, we find out Dubois was knocked down twice in the first round. And they given, rang the given bell a, early. <laughs> given, given, given like a 15 second count, the bell was rung early. And then he he knocked that he knocked knocked his opponent down, and he only had about an eight second count. I mean, it yeah. was ridiculous. Um, yeah, no, it was it was terrible. And then we get then we, then we get into the main event, Fury Chisora, which is just an absolute snooze fest. Um, nothing happened. Nothing happened. It was terrible. And the, <laughs> the, the best thing that happened with that is I came away with one of those Tyson Fury caps. One of the gypsy absolutely You're fun. You're funding it. But the best. <laughs> The best bit was the face-off at the end that was most probably oh, but, scripted anyway. But that, was, that was just the most scripted thing I've ever seen in my life. What about me, Tyson? No. <laughs> Joe <laughs> Joyce. Joe Joyce cannot. He cannot. He's got no chance. He is embarrassing. Which is it's refreshing because just, he just gets on with the fighting. Uh, but he's you had, not you sold had, this you quite had well. Tyson versus you. So you had the headweight champion versus the headweight champion for a, a war-torn, battle-scarred country. You know, it was there. That was it. That was all that was needed. And then you just said, "Oh, Tyson! Don't forget about me, Tyson." And yeah. it was it just it just ruined it. So I just got very little time for that. Okay, no. all right. I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll quickly give you a power rank. Is what should I do? Five to one or ten? Or what? How many? How many fighters? Seven. Seven. Okay, I'll give you seven. seven you seven heavyweights. Okay, I'll give you seven. In in seventh place, I'm going to go with Filip Pergovic, Croatia. Uh, yeah. Only just because he beat Zhang. I know actually Zhang probably won that fight, but I will go with Pergovic simply because he won. The powers that be didn't want him to win that fight. So. Yeah, yeah, and I know that can go against what I actually feel, but no way. In my, I don't think Zhang is a top seven fighter. Sorry. Uh, in sixth. I'm just, just about to go with. Well, actually, maybe seventh is. Maybe seventh is Parker and six is no. No, seven. I'm going to go with Hergovic. Six. I'm just about to go with Dillian White. Just about. He's just about there. Wow. He only is just. Uh, and then. No, no, no. I'm not going to go with Dillian White. Six. I'll go with Andy Ruiz. Yeah, six, I like I'll go, that. At six, I'll go Ruiz. Uh, fifth, I'll go AJ. Uh, Off the back four, of his win, yeah. 
yeah. I mean, I, Franklin, to be fair, was much better than I thought he was going to be. Yeah, I agree. Frank, Franklin I agree. was much better than I thought he was going to be. I thought he was going to be absolutely dumb. And he, and he was and he was all right. He was all right. AJ is slightly... I think maybe fifth is, is, is generous, but I'm having him in fifth. Uh, in fourth... I'm gonna I'm gonna go Deontay Wilder. I've changed my mind. I'm gonna go Deontay Wilder. There's, there's some there's some po- there's some positive noise in his camp at the moment. There he is. Could be, he could be ready for another title shot. I just don't think when you look at who he's beaten, he's beaten absolutely nobody. He's been, he beat Robert mm-hmm. Hellenius, who's rubbish. Uh, he beat Lewis Ortiz. His best wins Ortiz and Hellenius, and, and a draw against Fury, which Fury won. Uh, he was di- very good. He was good <laughs> in the in the third fight. The third Fury fight was great. That was a great watch. Uh, so yeah, I'll go with Wilder fourth. Third, I'm going to go Joe Joyce. Yeah. Then I'm going to go Joe Joyce uh, and beat Zhang. He'll be solid third. Loses, then he drops out. Sorry, and and Zhang would go top seven. And then in second, uh, uh, contrary to what I've just said, I'm going to go Usyk second, Fury first. I just think as much as Fury has really peed me off over the last few weeks with all this mucky around with the Usyk stuff. And then you get to see, uh, and he's dropped down my Fury family power rankings. Big time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, captain the ship. Yeah. Cap- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I just think, and Usyk is an unbelievable fighter. Power fan number one. But I'll go Fury. Not, oh, I just think Fury's just incredible. He's just incredible. Stuff. Nice. Dicking around. But there, there, there's my heavyweight power rankings. So Jack, you've uh, you've actually you've you've got some basketball tips for us, have you? I believe who wins and what price are they? Again, there's a lot of reason to favour the favourites here, which are the should be the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, they are they should be hand, they are hands down better than everyone else on their day. Um, and they are so they're five two favourites currently. Boston seven two. Phoenix Suns with a newly signed Kevin Durant four to one. Golden State eight to one. That is where I'll be looking. I think Golden State can go back to back. I think they've got everything. They've got a. I'm not saying Sacramento are going to be an easy team to play in the playoffs. However, for a third seed, they are they are currently fifty to one to win it all which I think says it all about the way Golden State have played things. Um, injuries haven't helped them either. But um, I think Golden State Warriors are probably a, a decent bet. And, you know, LeBron James and Anthony Davis at the Lakers, 12-1, to 1, not a bad shout. I'll give a quick shout-out to uh, the Toronto Raptors, um, my team. Oh, oh. <laughs> um 250 to 1 if you're interested but they're there they're on the dance floor they could pull but they can't hear the music (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah well there you go thank you very much for that I thought I'd just end with a bit of humour we we don't want to get political uh, or maybe we do but I I certainly don't know this time but it it is sport related Joe Biden is in is in is in Northern Ireland and he's just said and he's just and he was just talking about his cousin Rob Carney former Ireland rugby player he's just called the All Blacks the black and tans. So I just thought, there you go. I thought I'd give you that nice bit of humour. There we go. Not political at all, but just a bit of fun. Uh, so <laughs> there we go. Uh, Jack, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks very much for joining me. No worries. 
listeners, it's been, well, I hope you've enjoyed. Uh, in, and remember, Grand National, it's going to be a top race, it's going to be a top festival, it's going to be a great weekend of sport. But remember, guys, we're not professional tipsters. Everything we say, take with a slight bit of salt. So you take the time, go with what you think, but always, always gamble responsibly. Thanks very much. Goodbye. Thank you.